when you can no longer sell real estate, what is it that you want to do? And one of my biggest fears when I first came into this business was there was a gentleman in our industry, in the Prince George's County marketplace, very prominent. And this was 20 years ago. I think at that particular time, he may have been in his 60s. And I saw him getting in and out of the car, showing people houses, you know, and I would see him in DC. I would see him in the county. I would see him all about and around. And I and I immediately said to myself at that particular point, I do not want to be that guy mm. at 60, 70 years old, still showing property to individuals that I no longer relate to. Mm. Because of the generational difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because now with the emergence of the AI technology, the you have to remember who your who your home owners or your buyers are right now. Mm-hmm. 26 to 35 year old individuals. So if you're a 60 year old man, you know, how do you relate to that? They communicate different. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. They communicate completely different. They don't want to pick up the phone and talk. They rather text. Right. You know, or they rather go on social media and communicate with you through social media. So one of the things that we want to do is we want to make sure that we give you the 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 intelligent strategies that you need to enhance the skill set for the engagement that's required in order for you to be successful in the business that we call real estate. Love it. Excellent. Excellent. I'm thinking that a lot of young real estate agents don't even know about these, the conference and, and they don't even know that that even exists. And so here you're giving them the opportunity to see larger than what's right in front of them. And that's, that's huge. Especially. They know about the Grant Cardone conferences and the Tony Robbins conferences, but those particular conferences are geared towards sales. Yes. Mm, Right. What I'm talking about is conferences that are geared specifically towards the niche in which you operate in, and that's real estate. So what you have at that, at those, at this, at those conferences is you have, uh, real estate agents, you have broker owners, guys mm-hmm. that own the company that manage the agents, you have loan officers at that at that conference. You have title people at that conference. You also have vendors at that conference that are selling product and showing product that's going to help you enhance, grow and develop your business and give you the tools that you need to be successful at that business. So it's not, Joe, I don't think that they're probably not aware of it. They don't want to spend the money and go to the conference mm-hmm. because, because the mentality is, what's in it for me? What am I going to get out of it? Mm-hmm. If they can't see beyond that, that's the limiting belief that I talk about. If they can't get beyond the limiting belief, then they're going to find themselves either one or two things, fizzle out of this business in a couple of years, like what's happening now, because the market changes and it gets a little tough. Mm-hmm. So then they run into that brick wall. They don't know what to do. So they don't renew their license. They get out. Great. I say to those individuals, go, you should have never been here in the mm-hmm. first place, you know, <laughs> but I also would love to help those individuals realize 
what it is that they need and the tools that they need to equip themselves to be able to do this business because the market comes in cycles. Mm-hmm. It comes in cycles. You know, uh, before COVID, we were in an we were ascending, and then COVID came and everything got shut down. Mm-hmm. But then we came out of COVID, everything just blew up all over again because people were coming out of an environment where they realized that being in the house with a family of six and only three bedrooms and limited space just wasn't <laughs> enough space. It wasn't enough. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't enough. So they needed more space. So the market right. took off. But then it started when we got into 22, especially the fourth quarter, numbers started to go down. And when numbers started to go down, the Federal Reserve's kind of hit the panic button and started making these changes. Then you had a lot of predictions that this is where the first and second quarter of 23 were going to go. But if you look at the numbers for the first and second quarter, numbers were steadily rising. So which really meant home sales were going up, inventory levels were were lessening, and, and, uh, and more homes were selling, but they were selling at a higher price. So you can see the progression from January to March and then from April to June. And what we want to do is we want to make sure that we can help those individuals navigate through those waters, because this is what is going to be at least for another eight to maybe 10 months. So think about those individuals that haven't sold a house at all this year. Mm. And they're not part-time, they're full-time. Right, for sure. They haven't sold a house this year. Mm. So that they're in a tough position because I think it's like 120 days or so left in a year, mm. maybe 125, something like that. Wow, that's you scary. know, yeah. So, so you really there's a couple of things that through this podcast that's going to air on that's going to come on at seven o'clock on Thursdays. I was just informed that, so it's going to be seven o'clock on Thursdays. Um, we want to make sure that people have an understanding that in October, you need to be putting together your business plan for 2024. And you need to have that business plan completed before Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Because we all know what happens between Thanksgiving and Christmas. Yes. (laughs) Shutdown mode. (laughs) Nothing. That's right. (laughs) Everybody goes into shutdown mode. Everybody goes Everybody goes into the holiday spirit. Everybody starts attending holiday parties. Everybody starts to do holiday things. And those individuals that fall into that mode and don't have a business plan and have not done any business this year, it's just going to continue to roll right into 24. But you can rest assured that all of my coaching clients will have their business plans completed before November the 1st. Because I want the business plans done before Thanksgiving so we don't have to worry about that. So when January 1st comes around, they're not getting ready to get ready to get started. Right, right. Sure. They can just hit the ground running and it could just be business as usual. So whatever the last business day was in 2023, when the first business day comes in 2024, it's just a continuation because we've already started doing those things. So what I want the listeners to know is that when you when you approach the fourth quarter, you should be approaching the fourth quarter with two goals in mind. 
complete your business plan for 2024, finish the year off strong. Because how you finish is exactly how you're going to start. When the clock strikes midnight and it's and it's January 1, 2024, guess what happens to all real estate agents? Everybody's number, transactions, income earned, everything. Starts, zero. That's right. Starts over. Starts over. Yeah. Yes. Man, that's good. That is yeah. good information, Doc. I, I'm listening to him, Joe. Boone, I know you heard it too. That uh Doc is talking nothing talking a lot about accountability, which is which was our first podcast, uh, Dr. Bell, that we talked about accountability on, on the spiritual level, but mm -hmm. uh, you're talking about accountability on a professional level and uh, the benefits are, are enormous, um, uh, obvious. So I, I have kudos to your, your mission. I think it's right on target. There is nothing worse. There is nothing worse, man, than waking up the first week of January. You have absolutely no business whatsoever and wow. you have no idea where it's going to come from. Mm -hmm. And it's cold outside. <laughs> Man. On top of that. On and, top it gets, of that. and it gets dark at four o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel you. I feel yes. you. you know, that's, wow. that's the worst feeling that any real estate professional can have. Be it an investor, nothing in the pipeline. You don't know who to call, what to do. Mm -hmm. And all you do is start checking emails and get on social media and in hopes that your phone is going to ring. So we want to make sure that we implement the disciplines that's needed that's going to prevent you from having a dark, dark, dark winter. So, so look, uh, Dr. Bell Carlton, we're going to take a turn. And um, I just want you to uh, to share, if you don't mind, you have a powerful testimony, a powerful testimony to, to be able to drop on everyone that's listening. So you've already told us about the business plan. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to talk about life. And and, <laughs> and and God's plan, because there's no there's nothing nothing we can do without Him, right? So, if you don't mind, what I I I don't mind, I don't mind. Um, the I was diagnosed uh, with stage five kidney disease. Um, I would say September. September, October of last year. Um, I was told that I had stage three kidney disease probably about, I would say, maybe about five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for me to be at stage three kidney disease, I took that pretty much as life as, as usual. 
mm-hmm. you know, go about doing my daily routine, whatever it was I was doing um, at that particular time. Um, but then in in September of 20, I got sick with COVID. And this was be this was pre-vaccine and pre-mask and all of that. So I think people had just started wearing masks. So I got sick with COVID and I got really, really sick with COVID. And we really thought at that particular time that I wasn't going to make it out of that COVID uh, situation that I was in, you know, and, and it and it really got so bad to where, you know, uh, I wasn't going to the hospital because everything that I heard was that once you go into the hospital with the COVID and they put you on that vent, you're not coming out of it. Mm-hmm. So I quarantined in the house. I was mm-hmm. down with COVID from September uh, until the third week of December of 20. And then I couldn't get a doctor's appointment for at least eight months. So going into uh, 21, I went to the doctor and that's when he told me that my kidney function because of COVID had gone from a functionality of 50% functionality mm-hmm. all the way down to 30% functionality. And they were really concerned about the path that it was on and where it was going. Wow. Fast forward September of 2022, I caught COVID again. We we took a trip. We went to Cancun. My wife got sick while we were in Cancun. And of course, I got sick again and caught COVID. It wasn't as severe this particular time as it was the first time, but it still had damaging effect on my kidneys. So when I went to the doctor and had the did my annual checkup, that's when he told me that my kidney function was was at 15 percent. Wow. And, and I noticed that something was a little wrong because I was a little winded with everything that I was doing, you know, and I was I was playing golf uh, one Saturday and I was really struggling condition wise on the front nine. And I think we came off the seventh hole and we got to the eighth hole and I literally sat in the cart for about 10 minutes trying to get myself together and I had no idea what was going on and when we finished the ninth hole I told my partner I said yo man take me to the take me back to my vehicle and I need to go home so I scheduled a doctor's appointment and they tell me that I um this was in late December of 22 late December of 22 so they tell me that my kidney function is below 10% and they want me to get on dialysis and they're scheduling all of these appointments and everything for me. And they were talking about putting this graft in my arm and they were, and I really felt like at that particular time that it was a money grab because Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do that. And Mm -hmm. I was praying all along for God to heal my body and to restore my kidneys. So Mm -hmm dialysis wasn't even the question for me. What we decided to do instead of going to an in-treatment center, we were going to do what's called peritoneal dialysis, where you can do your dialysis treatment at home. They bring the equipment and everything here. You hook up to this machine at night. 
you know, and, and the dialysis machine runs for about eight hours while you're sleeping. And then you get up in the morning and you go about your business because my concern was my business being the, being the single provider, you know, in my household, you know, it's my wife and my three daughters. So being a single provider, you know, I just didn't want to be in a position to where we had no income coming in mm -hmm. at that particular point, you know, so we went to the diet, we, we went to a doctor's appointment <clears throat> and this was January 21st. So I walked into the, I walked into the, my kidney specialist and they took one look at me and, and sent me to the emergency room. Wow. When I got to the emergency room, they did the blood work and everything. And they told me at that particular time, because I had excruciating back pain. I was mm. throwing up frequently. I had no idea what was going on. My kidneys had completely shut down. Mm. So just imagine everything that you eat, your kidneys is supposed to break it down, process it, and then remove it. The waste part of it. Hold on to the nutrients. Let the body take the fat that it needs and everything else is, is waste. But my kidneys wasn't doing that. So I had everything sitting that I was eating here. Mm. So everything that I was eating within a matter of five minutes, I was regurgitating everything up. Right. Mm. So, so I was sitting in my office and, and it was just coming up like crazy. And I didn't know what was going on. And, and I had this doctor's appointment. And I told my wife, let's just get to this doctor and see what's going on. And they took one look at me because fluid had started to build up around my heart in my lungs, you can see it in my face, you know, and, and, and everything. And um, my wife said that she could smell it mm. out of my pores. So they admitted me into the hospital. And on January the 22nd I, of 2023, I had emergency dialysis surgery. So <clears throat> they put a catheter in my chest, kept me in the hospital for about five or six days um those were probably the most darkest time of my life because i didn't think that i was coming out of that hospital mm -hmm. because it was just that bad so on top of the muscle spasms in my back still throwing up even though they were trying to get the fluid out of me i was still extremely ill and I had a conversation with God one evening while in that hospital. And I said, don't let me die in this hospital. If I'm going to die and this is going to be it, at least let me go home and die in my house with my family. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> when, I, when I said that prayer, two hours later, the nurse walked in and said, Mr. Bell, we're going to discharge you today. You can go home. Careful <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> what you pray for. That's and, yeah. and I said, okay, all right, God, <laughs> if that's the deal, let's do it. Yeah, you know, yeah. just, you know, I don't have, no control. I don't have no control over it. Boy, so, so they, what they were telling me at that particular time was that they weren't going to release me unless there was a dialysis center that had an available chair for me to go to, because I needed to have the treatments three days a week. So I had had treatments three days a week and I was coming up on another treatment. And they said, if we can't find a chair, then you'll be here another day. So they happened to find a dialysis center that was literally five minutes away from my house. Wow. I had absolutely no idea that this place was even there. 
Yeah. My wife and I went there on January on January the 26th. We met with the with the nephrology team there. Um, I felt really good about everything that they were doing in there. And we started the dialysis there on January the 26th. Now, me being the person that I am, God was working on me and was taking me through this process that I had absolutely no idea or journey that I was on. Because at the same time, as you know, Joe, I was doing the deacon and training program yeah. at, at our church. So I knew when I started the deacon and training program that an attack of some sort was going to come because when you take two steps towards God, the enemy takes at least three or four towards you to get you off track. Yes. So I knew that something was going to happen, but I had no idea that the magnitude of the attack was going to be in the manner in which it came. Mm -hmm. So we walk into this dialysis center and I see people in there that are single or double amputees um, mm -hmm. in wheelchairs um, that need metro access to get to and from the dialysis center that are completely drained when they come off of the machine. Mm -hmm. uh, people that need help, literally like a crane to lift them up out of the wheelchair and put them into the chair because they, because they can't walk there in mobile. Right. So what I did for six months while I was there was I prayed for everybody in there every single day that I walked through the doors. Amen. I prayed Amen. for someone to be healed mm -hmm. in that place along with me. I prayed for the doctors. I prayed for the nurses. I prayed for the, for the admin staff. I paid, prayed for the patients. I prayed for the caregivers. I prayed for the Metro access guys. I prayed for everybody that had something to do with those individuals in that dialysis center. Now, Unbeknowing to me, there was a young lady that was on the same schedule that I was on. She got a kidney transplant. I didn't even put two and two together mm -hmm. at that particular time. I was just so happy to hear that she that she had gotten a kidney transplant. Right. So everything that we were being told in regards to how dialysis was going to go was the exact opposite for me. Because mm. I still did my coaching calls while I was in dialysis, hooked up to the machine. I just turned the I just turned the camera off, and all my coaching calls with my people looked like that. Mm -hmm. You know, it looked mm -hmm. like that the whole time. Yeah. So, so what I did was I continued to do the coaching calls. We continue we continued to make money. We continued to move forward, and then on June the fifteenth, June the sixteenth. I got a phone call from Walter Reed uh, Medical Hospital, uh, military hospital, because I'm a veteran. Mm -hmm. Walter Reed called and said that they have a kidney for me mm. and wanted to know if I was interested in taking a kidney. <laughs> wow. We getting ready to go out of town because it's Father's Day weekend. Mm -hmm. My niece is graduating from high school down in Hampton, so we're going to go down there to that. Mm -hmm. And then they say, you got this kidney. Do you want it? I said, well, what's the condition of the kidney? Well, the kidney checks the box on four out of five requirements for your blood type. Mm -hmm. mm. The guy's 34 years old. He's brain dead. He's in California. He's in perfect health. You know, um, 
blood type, everything match up. Do you want the kidney? Yeah, let me cancel my hotel stay that Hampton. So yeah. my points. And they told me to go and get a, another dialysis treatment. Now, that was on a Thursday. I had just had a dialysis treatment earlier that day. They wanted me. They said, we'll call you back in the morning, which was Friday. Uh, the, I think that was the 16th or so um, of, of June. They told me to go and get another treatment. I went and got the treatment, went to Walter Reed. Uh, I had the kidney transplant on the 17th of June. Now, my testimony is wow. everybody that I met doing this whole ordeal talked about how you're going to be on the transplant list anywhere between five to 10 years or longer, mm -hmm. especially within the African-American community. You know, uh, we are on the list much longer. I even mm -hmm. saw a report that Lester Holt on MSNBC did in regards to dialysis and kidney disease and how it affects the African-American community. So when I got the phone call, man, that I was going to get a kidney transplant after being on dialysis for six months, it was just mind boggling to me. Yes. It was nothing more than the hand of God yes. that moved in my life. The whole time I was on dialysis, I drove myself back and forth to the treatment center. Mm. There was no adjustment in my lifestyle other than the things that God had removed out of my life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, the, so the cigars that I like to smoke on occasion, gone. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. so, so the tequila that I like to drink on occasion, gone. Mm -hmm. So what God was doing was he was preparing me for this transition in my life to be able to look back on this thing and to actually see it at that particular time that it was only his grace that guided me through that process. Yes. So yes. when I was in Dallas in August, of last year and I stood on that stage in front of those 7,000 people I really thought that was the beginning of a new journey mm -hmm. of my life mm -hmm. but I used to have these visions and I used to watch Creflo and I used to watch Jake's and I would watch our pastor and then I would watch uh, the head of our men's ministry uh, Dr. Parker mm -hmm. and, and I would look at them and I would say to myself I can do that Mm -hmm. do that so i'm standing on this on this stage and i'm looking at all these seven thousand people and i'm delivering my presentation and at the end of the presentation i started talking about my testimony you know how i've seen the manifestation of god's hand on my life and if you stay true to who you are and true to god's vision for your life and remain obedient he'll he'll take you places that you never imagined i was talking about being on that stage right I had no idea mm, right. what Got was about, what was about to happen. Sure, journey that he was getting ready to take me on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had no idea. I hadn't even been tapped to for consideration of being a deacon mm -hmm. as a man. Mm -hmm. That didn't happen until I came back mm -hmm. to Dallas, and when they called me and asked me, "Did I want to be a deacon, or would I be?" I was being recommended. I told him they got the you gotta have the wrong number. Cause I, I know I'm not that guy. I don't fit that build. I know who those guys are. Mm -hmm. No, I see them at mm -hmm. church. I interact with them at church. And my walk ain't nowhere near 
you know, what their walk is. But I was only looking at it uh, from a surface standpoint. Yeah, I had no idea what God was getting ready to do for me, through me, in order for me to bless someone else. So every opportunity that I get to tell someone how God has taken me from pillar to post with this whole kidney thing is just, I, I take full advantage of it. My my coaching business, my podcast, everything that I'm embarking upon, I mm-hmm. believe that this is just another stepping stone into what God has for me. Because all of my stuff has a soft biblical undertone to yeah. it. Yes. All if you look at my logo, my logo has this soft undertone piece to it. I mm-hmm. triumph. The I, the okay. I is lowercase because there's always something bigger than me at work. And if you look at the end of the triumph, I got Christ carrying the cross. Carrying the cross. I see it. Amen. So, so it's it's my journey has been very unique. Um, I've been 10 weeks removed now from the kidney transplant. I've had no complications. Wow. My numbers, my numbers are phenomenal. Um, the transplant team released me two weeks ago back to uh, my regular specialist and back to my primary doctor. Um, I actually played golf two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Good. You know, awesome. yeah. With, with no with no fatigue, no nothing. Wow. Um, the the I would say the only downside is the medication. Yeah. You know, so I just have to set reminders to take the medication because I know the medication is key. But I also believe that my kidney function is going to improve to where God is going to re- continue to restore me. Um, the one piece that I did leave out, Joe, was that my I didn't want I felt like I didn't want anyone to have to die in order for me to live. Mm. I didn't. I didn't want that. Yeah. You know? Um. And my daughters had agreed that one of the three of them, to include my wife, one of those individuals was going to give me a kidney. I did not want it to be any of my daughters yeah. to have to do that mm. because I didn't want to be dead and gone. And then down the road, they got issues. Right. Because they gave not because they gave their dad a kidney. But for any other reasons, now they only have one kidney and they find themselves in the same position that I was in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And little did I know that when I was praying for restoration and healing, I was praying for God to restore my kidneys because I didn't, I wasn't going to need a transplant. God said to me, do you want to be healed? And that was, that's all I heard. Do you want to be healed? Yes. You know, and my reply to that was yes. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, so stop leaning to your own understanding and trust in me. Mm. I I got you. He said, and I got you. And I left it at that. Yeah. And I left it at that. I I really did, man. I left it at that. And now I'm, I'm, I'm literally 110% to the good to where I was uh, just six months ago. You know, when I thought I was going to die in that hospital bed. Wow. Amen. Amen. What a story. What a powerful testimony. Absolutely. You know, when you were telling that, when you were going through that process and, and you even mentioned that 
you were making decisions and, and the enemy was making a decision, you know, yeah. he was, yeah. and it reminded me of the scripture where it tells us that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose, his purpose, not your purpose, not your purpose, <laughs> but his purpose. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the, he was moving the chess pieces. You just needed to be available when he was. That's it. Oh my That's God. Man. When, when, when I had a conversation with the guy that owns the coaching company, he said this was back in March. And I was in a room of 50 of the top uh, coaches in the country. And one, I was really tripping because I had fallen into that 50. Mm -hmm. And then the other piece that I was tripping on was that I was the only face that looked like I was in the room. Mm -hmm. you know. And he said to me, he said, so let's go around the room and introduce yourselves and tell us something about you that no one knows. And he started with me, the very first guy in the room. And he said, tell me something about you that no one knows. I said that I'm probably the most prolific and profound speaker that you have in the room and you don't know it. And he just looked at me and he said, what? And I repeated myself mm -hmm. and he said, and I told him, I said, I have a photographic memory, man. You know, I said, I have been known to recite paragraph after paragraph after paragraph after paragraph eyes dotted t's cross uh commas question marks i can do that so he said okay he said so recite something i said let's make it interesting give me something because i can quote scriptures all day long mm -hmm. but give me something so he said okay so he pulled this book out and he said, I need you to give me this whole page in this book. I said, okay. So I went out in the lobby, sat down, read it, looked at it, studied it. I spent about 30 or 45 minutes on it. And I came back in and I recited the whole thing. Mm. And then he came to me and he said, he said, wow, how can I, how can we benefit from your gift? I said, you can let me speak at the conference. Mm. And sure enough, in August, I was on that stage. And that's the manifestation of God's hand that I saw all my life. Because at that moment, I saw it at that moment when he gave me the assignment. And then I saw it unfold in Dallas. And then to fast forward and go through that, go through that whole dialysis, kidney transplant thing. Mm -hmm. I know God has something bigger for me, man. I just don't know what it is, you know, yeah, but I'm just yeah. trying to stay anchored. I'm just trying to stay anchored. Amen. You know? That's hey, all. Amen. Hey, hey, amen. <laughs> you love see, I'm, man, I'm I'm sitting here. My, I can't even stop smiling, man. My, my, my jaws are hurting at this point, man. But uh, I, I so we so much appreciate you coming and, and, and sharing your story and and uh sharing your gift with us and and the listeners and uh we definitely uh are praying for uh much success for you more success than what you've already experienced and also a success in pouring into others to help them be successful we really really are looking forward to that journey and uh, we hope that we can convince you to come back and tell us more at a later date absolutely yeah, Absolutely. Anything for you guys, man. You know that. <laughs> Appreciate so, that. 
Anything oh, for you guys, man. So, so, so you just let me know when and where you need me to be, and and I'll do it. Awesome. Does that does that include uh, golf tips? Because I'm a golfer too, man. I, I don't know about no tips. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, look, look, I, I, look, hey, hey, Doc. I know, I know. Based on that testimony, I know you are anointed. So you can just give me anything, and I know I'm in the wheelhouse of. Uh, of uh, of the master, so uh, whatever you drop on me, man, I know it's coming from the master. So I I'd appreciate that. That's good stuff. Yeah, I, I I do feel like I'm anointed. I just don't know if I'm anointed in that arena, you know. So well, let's find out. Let's find out. <laughs> let's find out. Um, so let's see. Um, I can be reached on a couple of different platforms. Um, I'm actually on hey, Facebook. Hold on, Carlton. Let uh, one of those guys ask you that That's question. Right. Let's move okay. on and then we go. Appreciate that. Yeah. Hey, Russell. Yeah, sure. Yeah, Doc. So, um, so, so, how how do we um, how do our listeners get in touch with you and, and get more information on you? Okay, so my my IG is at Doctor Fitz F I T Z. Um, my my LinkedIn is is uh. Carlton Bell one. Uh, I'm on Facebook also as as Carlton Bell, and those are the three platforms that I'm on right now. We're getting ready to launch the 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 YouTube channel, um, and we're going to do uh, what we're going to call uh, Think Out Loud Tuesdays, where we're going to do like a 45 one minute session. Just think out loud what's on your mind, what's going on, and just share some experiences and things that I've seen and what I've heard based on uh, the real estate practitioners and and ordeals and things of that nature. So we're going to dump that on YouTube starting this Tuesday coming. So we will set the YouTube channel up, and I'll make sure that you guys get the information to be able to follow us on YouTube as well. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Well, again, my brother, thank you so much for being a part of uh, Inside the Armor and uh, sharing your gift. And yeah. we look forward to the journey and what's coming forth down your road. And it's going to be a blessing. Thank you, man. I appreciate you guys having me and I look forward to doing it again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank God you, bless. Dr. Bell. Thank you. Family, thank you so much for joining us again. We thank Dr. Carlton Bell for blessing us and we look forward to hearing from him again he, he i'm just getting off the canvas when he gut punched me with retirement talking about <laughs> retirement but nonetheless family if you've got any questions that's right want to uh, address to uh dr bell or us you can hit us up at info dot inside the armor at gmail.com again that's info info dot inside the armor at gmail.com peace peace Peace. Thank you for having me.